Welcome back to episode 45 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co., where we cover all the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined tonight by Stephen Glick, Colin Fitzgerald, and our executive producer, David Herman. Fitz, how's the knee? It's getting there. It's taken a while. It's been a pretty depressing week just uh, going to the rink and watching practice, so not too fun. Pretty, pretty sad, but that's why I got you guys and been looking forward. You know, each week I get to talk some hockey with you, so it's all right. I know. I was pretty bummed when I saw your Snapchat story. I don't know if it was from today or if it was from yesterday, but that feeling of watching everybody practice is so tough. I guess it's a little different in the game because you got like the scratches and everyone's up there together and it hits different when you're up there by yourself at practice because there's nobody in the bleachers and you're just sitting there watching. Look, how'd the weekend go for the Owls? It was certainly a very interesting weekend. On Friday, we had the ACHA game of the week against Villanova. I think the team played really well. Unfortunately, we ended up losing 2-1 to one in a shootout to them. And we came back to the rink the next day against Duquesne, hoping for a different result. And we got literally the exact same result. We ended up losing 2-1 to one in a shootout again after probably not having a shootout in about five years in Temple history. And funny enough, that week, our coach decided to do shootouts at the end of practice both days. But I guess that didn't really do enough to... Get us victories in either of those games. But overall, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good weekend. I was going to say, maybe it's time to do more shootouts in practice, but that's funny that you guys were apparently doing more shootouts than normal in practice. Yeah, you know, we did everything we could to prepare and it just wasn't our weekend. Shout out to Bob DeGemis for, uh, for covering the game and live tweeting it. Did I mispronounce that again, Herm? No, you did not. You did not. I'm just laughing because you you get to Bob and then you give yourself that moment of hesitation and it's always funny. Shout out to Bob, though. The University Hockey Report was on it for the Hockey House Game of the Week, live tweeting the Nova Temple game. And you love to see that. He was, I think he was on Twitter. He was like asking, he was like, any ACHA live streams going on? And the the Temple team responded, was like, yeah, Hockey House Game of the Week on right now. And so, I mean, cool to see it come down to the wire and and good to see the Philly teams battling it out like that. Herm, I think we're going to have to ban you from Syracuse hockey games for a while now. I'm glad glad that you're you're making a trip to see some new ACHA teams this weekend but we might have to do a temporary ban after back-to-back weekends of shooting the orange and going 0-4 I think it's about time we move on I'll skip the Westchester weekend I'll look into what what happens for NYU and maybe the the fortunes reverse by then hopefully if not that would be a bummer that I wouldn't be able to go that but we'll see We'll see. Fingers crossed. You did get to shoot a CHF game, though. That's That was cool. Yeah, the Fordham guys were really, really cool. The Ice Hutch is one of the worst rinks in Westchester, but turned out to be half decent to shoot like from a photography sense. The white jerseys that Fordham have are, are really, really clean. The guys there play with like a lot of swagger and a lot of energy. They were definitely lively for the camera. It was a good time, and I'm excited to, to have a shorter trip than 11 hours by bus are you busing to chicago no god no i'm fine oh, 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 oh yeah I f- that. absolutely not no 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 sorry I was, I was doing the 11 i was like i think 11 is down and back i'm not sure if 11 is all the way across but wanted to make sure that's probably what it would be if i had to take the bus because it's a 10 hour drive out to OU and it's further to chicago so it'd probably be even more than that but hell no in other news this week, Gorms finally lost the game. Hockey House All-Star Liam Gormley, goalie at South Carolina. Uh, we just checked the official stats. He had 19 straight starts 
without a loss, and he lost this past weekend to Florida Atlantic, snapping the streak in his third season of college hockey. That's quite the impressive feat for Gorms. I, I think we thought, Herm and I were talking, we thought he jinxed himself earlier in the year. We thought he, he lost, but he got credited with the loss this weekend against FAU. But I mean, heck of a streak to start off his college career. So shout out to Gorms on that one. Ohio gets a split on the road at Liberty. I know we were all psyched to see Stony Brook go into Liberty. The previous weekend, they walked away with only a point in the shootout, but the Bobcats were able to go in there and steal one in the second half of the back-to-back. I know Herm was pretty fired up about that one. I literally could not watch the last 45 seconds of the game. Like I was in the pro shop during intermission at the Q Stony Brook game with my good buddy Drake Lafada next to me, and I literally held my head in my hands and could not watch because I was that nervous because the Flames held the puck in the Bobcats zone the entire time, and I was like, I have seen this movie before, and the Bobcats pulled it out. Huge, huge win for the Bobbies. First win on the road for the season, and they do it in quality, quality fashion. Always Always love seeing a Flames out. I don't know what's more impressive, the Bobcats getting a win on the road at Liberty or the fact that you had Wi-Fi at the rinks during the Stony Brook game. That rink has the worst cell phone service in the history of hockey rinks. Like, you know, it's like the classic rink that is dimly lit, concrete walls. You're not getting you're not getting any text through. I was on aux for both games trying to plan the music is is a nightmare. I mean, you can't you can't look up anything. Guys are making requests and it's like, guys, we're rolling with what I downloaded on my phone illegally in 2014. Like that's the pregame playlist today. I'm impressed that you had Wi-Fi there. When your buddy happens to work at the pro shop that you were absolutely terrified in and he gives you the Wi-Fi password, you, you got to know a guy. So that's that's how we made it happen. Yeah, I guess I got to plan ahead next time when I when I go back to the rinks next season. Classic. Everything that you expect at Stony Brook, you get. You show up on Saturday. Stony Brook always does Saturday, Sunday. So you show up on Saturday, play Saturday night while you're taping your stick and getting warmed up. There's a youth hockey game going on and the parents are going crazy. It's usually two Long Island teams battling it out. Usually a pretty chippy game. I think it was like a U16 game. And then you come back Sunday afternoon and they got free skate going on before the game. And no joke, there's about 400 people on the ice for free skate. It's an absolute madhouse. And we got kids like flipping us off and waving to us and everything you could imagine is on the ice at the rinks before this game so you can be guaranteed three things when you go to long island there's gonna be no cell service at the rink you're gonna have a an out of hand u16 game on saturday night and you're gonna have free skate over capacity on sunday those are three things to look out for when you're making the trek to stony brook moving on though we did get a michigan goal again this weekend like i said those are pretty popular these days it's what the kids are into nowadays we had uh noah Harmon of texas tech you know raking the puck on his stick and, and going top cheddar we made sure to repost that on, on our account. We also had NC State sweeping their ACCHL tourney over the weekend with games against St. Joseph's, George Washington, and Virginia. I know we highlighted it last week on the pod, but uh, the Meals on Wheels game in Boise ended up raising $40,000 for Meals on Wheels. That was Boise State and Utah State coming together. Boise State was the host of that one. So shout out to those guys. That is a ton of money going to a great cause. We're still waiting to get some pictures from that game. Heard they had a pretty good crowd on hand for that one. 
little drama brewing in the CHF over the weekend. This one comes from Glick. He was the insider on this one. Sounds like we got some NCAA players playing in the CHF and, and some teams are getting punished for it. Yeah, so shout out to uh, a good friend of mine, Wesley Coonan, for bringing this to my attention. New England College of the NEIHC, which is a conference of the CHF, they have an NCAA Division Three team. And over the past weekend when they played UNH and Babson, New England College had, he said, at least nine guys from their NCAA team play dress and play against both those teams and um, they brought it to the league commissioner and the commissioner gave them the ban hammer they're, they're they're out of the chf and you know i've never had any experience of playing against any acha teams that have a varsity team i don't know if you guys have ever had you know an opportunity to play against a team like that but i just wanted to see what your guys opinion is on maybe teams with an ncaa program and having them drop down I've heard rumors about like guys at maybe schools like UNH or UMass or Merrimack, those schools in the Northeast that have division one teams and then you know, they get cut from the NCAA team. So they go play on the club team for a year and they rip it up. I know we had Alec Flynn on. He talked a lot about how St. Anselm in, in New Hampshire over recruits. So guys who get cut always end up playing on the ACHA team, but never before have, have I seen this to my knowledge. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a good look at all for that school. I mean, it's the right play by the league to just give them the ban hammer. I just don't think that should be tolerated because, you know, the NCAA's NCAA work club hockey, they really shouldn't be just sending those guys down just for a quote unquote scrimmage game. Did they at least tear it up? Like, is that why they got in trouble? No. So funny story. The kiddies were actually up two to one into the third. So I guess this is proof that the uh, CHF might be better than the NCAA D3. Because we've got to assume these are guys that are getting scratched for NEC that were just like, oh, I'm going to go play in the club team's game. Exactly. All I got to say is hashtag roll kiddies. The biggest UNH club hockey fan in the entire state of Pennsylvania. Joining us this week on the podcast, none other than Hockey House All-Star Gavin Cummings, senior captain at IUP. He's a longtime listener of the show. We were happy to have him on. I know he faced off against Glick earlier in the year. They mentioned that in the interview, but we're going to turn things over to the interview right now with Gavin Cummings. We're pleased to be joined by the captain of the IUP hockey team and current Hockey House All-Star Gavin Cummings. Gavin, welcome to the Hockey House. What's up, boys? How are we doing? We're doing great. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a special shout-out to start off because I think you're the first guy who's put Hockey House All-Star in your bio and then tagged us in it. Special kudos to you. I know a, a lot of places ask people to put it in their bio, and we – we just kind of left that out because, you know, there's so much going on at that point. But love that. Love you that you're doing that and supporting the brand. Got to always support the boys when it comes to that kind of stuff. You guys have been uh, been off to a great start so far this season. You want to talk about how the season's been going? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, we did get off to a little bit of a rocky start just like because uh, we didn't play with COVID last year. We just kind of practiced the entire year. But uh, so we just kind of got all of our anger out in the first couple weeks of practice after training camp and just kind of got off to a rocky start took down temple but then we go i went down to liberty and always got our uh, you know got our asses handed to us but you know uh, after that we've kind of finally gelled as a team and the younger guys have really stepped up this year and kind of taken over the roles that some of our seniors basically had when they were playing uh, when we won the CHMA. Our young guys really stepped up and kind of finally gelled as a team and just kind of just found our position within our own division. Kind of talk about your hockey career growing up and, and what led you to end up choosing to play at IUP. When I was a sophomore in high school, I went to this camp called Five Hole Hockey up in uh, Indiana. After there, there was a bunch of junior teams there and I got to talk 
talked to a bunch of them and I uh, ended up talking to the Pittsburgh Junior Penguins in the uh, NA3HL and they offered me a tender uh, and after that I didn't really know about the whole junior um, lifestyle being from like Buffalo, New York. We didn't really have many junior teams besides the Junior Sabres of the OJ. I left home at the age of 15 and I went to play juniors down in uh, Pittsburgh and played there four years. Got called up to the NALM one year. Went and played down at the Rio Grande Valley Killer Bees. Just mostly spent most of my time in Pittsburgh. Uh, I had a few offers to go up, play D3 in Michigan, real small schools out in the middle of nowhere, and I just didn't think that'd be the right thing for me. We also kind of have like a little special pipeline up at IEP. Before me, there were some older Pittsburgh Vengeance players who went to IEP, and I was just, we would always go up there and visit them and always had a good time. So uh, I ended up following their steps, and then uh, a couple of kids that I've played with at the Junior Vengeance, uh, like Dom Glavich, I played with him three, four years, and he's now came up to IEP and we've been teammates for seven plus years now so kind of have a little special pipeline through a junior team up to college throwing it back to your freshman year what was your welcome to the ACHA moment so I've actually been thinking about this since you guys uh, shot me the invite but I don't know like I came into the ACHA as a 21 year old freshman so I kind of not say that I've played at all or done it all but probably just getting blown up I mean, I know I've witnessed many other kids <laughs> welcome to the ACHA moment. Um, we have a picture up on our Instagram. My old teammate, Brendan George, blowing this kid up on RMU. And he hit this kid so hard that his, uh, his bubble popped off of his face. And he was just sitting at center ice with his bubble hanging down from his face. It's like one of those, yep, welcome to the league, kid. Like, it was great. I've seen that happen before because it, it, it you knock the bubble off, but it stays on because it's buckled to the down, helmet, yeah. but it yeah. falls off from the top. It, it's pretty awkward sight. Just like guy's got the palm of his fishbowl just in his hand. Just sitting there, yep. Actually, I will say when we played uh, Davenport my freshman year, that happened to me. I got my cage just ripped right off of my face, and I had the full bucket on, no cage, no nothing. The kid just holding my cage in his hand. So I guess I'd say that's probably a welcome to the ACHA moment for me. That's brutal. Did you miss a shift? Nah, I mean, we had, uh, I just took one of the scratches helmets, you know, <laughs> classic ACHA. There we go. Desperate times call for the scratches. That's right. All right. I'll turn it over to, to Fitz and Glick to, to start throwing out the questions now. I was going to say, it sounds like pretty good sty to me. <laughs> I, I don't know the first thing about sty, Gav, so you're going to help me out throughout the interview. Yeah, I got, I got you, buddy. <laughs> I wouldn't say I have the best sty either. You should see my knob on my on my stick. Everyone says it's a goalie knob. I used to play lacrosse in high school, and like before I played lacrosse, I used to just do one wrap around the top. And now I, it's just grown bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just got a nice goalie knob at the end of my stick now. Never lose it. I, I run the Nick Lidstrom knob, so I, I totally get what you're what you're going with. Oh yeah. What's the uh, the current situation just at IUP hockey wise? What what are we dealing with? Do people know that there's a team on campus or? What's the uh, what's the vibe? Once we won our league back in 2020, we kind of got a little a, a bigger notice, and then I actually took over our Instagram, and we didn't really have any followers or anything. But I started that up, and I started. I was trying to gain a following, just not within our campus, but more of our community and within the local Pittsburgh area. Because I mean, everyone knows about the the Pittsburgh Panthers and Duquesne and, and RMU because they're 
bigger city schools with us being just an hour outside of Pittsburgh. I was trying to grow our name and image throughout the Pittsburgh community back with that. Yeah. So I took over our Instagram, just started posting more. I started this, uh, started this series called where are they now Wednesday? And I would just reach out to all of our former alumni and I would just get a base. I would shoot them maybe 10 questions, have them fill it out. And I would start with like a PowerPoint and I'd make it through PowerPoint. And it was brutal at first, but I'd learn new things and start with new things and started to grow from there. And then over our COVID year with doing the, we did this UEHL and it was the University Elite Hockey League. And we just did it through like our team and just local college kids come skate and whatnot. We would make TikToks and stuff like that. And we made a couple TikToks and they just blew up. And just, you know, once that starts, you just keep flowing with it. Uh, and then this year, uh, we actually hired uh, two social media managers. One of them was my girlfriend, the other one, uh, Sarah Kelly. And they just kind of do all the in-game stuff, update everything, and they've helped out tremendously. And it's just, you can see the insights within like the business page of an Instagram and the amount of followers and views we get every week. It's insane, actually. Tell us a little bit about what it's like playing at the home bar. I mean, I got a chance to experience it this past year, um, playing against you guys for our first game of the season. But tell us a little bit of what it's like when you got those fans behind your back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's always nice. Um, we're kind of close with this fraternity, uh, Phi Tall on campus, and they usually come out and support the boys always. And it's always a good time when, when we get that side packed. I mean, it's not the biggest place, but, you know, for our team in our area, we make worth of it. And we got a nice locker room and we got a nice setup there definitely get taken care of very well and when you get that place packed and it's nice i mean indiana is not a big place so when you're not competing against the football team or the basketball team you know people come out and support as well it's nice you guys a couple weekends ago played chatham uh division three ncaa team what was that like were the boys fired up for that game yeah it was nice um definitely not a wake-up call but it was nice to know that we could definitely stick with them i mean it was one nothing until the third period and they got an empty net goal we had a junior goalie danny soltes he hasn't really got to play much but every time he does he stands on his head and he faced 40 plus shots and it's pretty big for him yeah it was nice for our program to be able to play an ncaa team and you know not get blown out of the water it's good to show like for our recruiting and kids in the future that uh it also makes a good name for like the acha i guess just showing i mean you've seen liberty taking down liu linden would plan division one teams it'd be nicer to see acha teams get that recognition to play ncaa teams and it's not just club hockey so who would you say is your guys biggest rivals before you answer i think there should be a mandatory three game series every year between iup and indiana university bloomington i'll take that i don't even know if we've ever played them i haven't played them in my four years but our biggest rivalry would be probably rmu it's always a good time when we play rmu because their parents just like to it's like a like a might hockey game when their parents just start screaming and chirping the refs and it's just gets out of hand sometimes uh we when we won the league we played them in our barn like two weeks before playoffs and they smoked us 10 to 2 and then it was nice we were going to playoffs and play them and it was just one of those barn burners and we ended up getting the upper hand but i'd definitely say rmu for sure it used to be slippery rock but you know that's what happened there but we've brought it up a couple times now and i had it on my list of questions but kind of want to walk us through that title that you guys had beating Pitt. kind of walk us through that weekend yeah uh, so i mean just to start 
it's kind of a thing within our team. There's not a lot of guys have won a lot of things in their life, like a lot of championships within hockey. So it really meant a lot to us, especially me. I didn't really, the only thing I've really won was uh, U16, like tournaments, you know, tournaments growing up. Yeah, that weekend was, uh, it was crazy. Um, just the emotions. I was so anxious. Like even now talking about it, I was so anxious uh, that second period or after that second period going to that third period. Like I was just, I remember sitting in the uh, locker room. I had a head down, towel over my head. Like I was almost in tears, just like of anxiety. And uh, one of my roommates, Tyler Albitz, just looked over me. He's like, we got this. And like, I just knew from that point, like we made a big call with starting our goalie, Jared Stahl. He played the first two games and then we were going to play our senior goalie championship game but we kind of had a team meeting we just said we had to ride the hot goalie and thankfully it was the right call I mean I had we had all faith in our senior goalie but we just thought it was the right decision to ride out our hot goalie and I mean Stalzy played amazing that entire weekend and it was great for our program getting that first CHMA title and then kind of talk about I mean every team went through it but to win that conference title and then you know have nationals come you know collapsing underneath you with with the covid pandemic what was that like yeah it was brutal i mean we were riding that high of just winning and we didn't know because it was like that two-week span where teams were kind of still playing and it was still kind of up in the air and then we didn't really know what our university was gonna say so the weirdest part was it was during our spring break so no one was at our campus for that entire week besides us and we all had to stay because it was like three days before we were about to leave weird times of like are we gonna go are we not gonna go are we gonna play are we not gonna play and then they ultimately made that decision and it was just like ah like didn't knock down what we just accomplished but it kind of just you know put a fork in the road of like oh because we were we had we played drexel in the regular season and we split with them i think that year so we had a really good feeling of like oh we could actually do some damage like we're not going to just go into the nationals and play like a, a liberty or an ou or an adrian and not have our best chance but yeah it was definitely a knock and knock on the road for sure so speaking of drexel what other long road trips have you taken in your off past four years at IEP. One of our best ones was down to Alabama. We're going to Oklahoma in uh, three weeks, actually. We're going to fly because we didn't get to fly down to Dallas, so we took, turned that into a trip. Uh, we were gonna supposed to go play UNLV, but uh, apparently their university wouldn't let them play us first semester. So Oklahoma, we do the Liberty trip every year, uh, Alabama, and then uh, we usually go out to Philly, play those teams because we have a bunch of kids from Philly. We go up to Buffalo and play just for me. We like to go to places where like kids are from so their families can see them play. So yeah, mostly those places. Talk a little little bit about the new jerseys i know you guys had a really good set in the past but i i'm a big fan of these jerseys it gives me like the umass vibes i know they've been really successful in them and i think you guys really pull it off too and i like the road blacks as well yes yeah, so actually our general manager kind of got the three or the three or four captains together and said you know we have an opportunity to get some new jerseys and maybe we we probably mocked up three four five different ideas within just that white color jersey and just within that black color jersey and in the past like when we were a division two team we had that old iup across like the diagonal across and uh, we were like depending if we want to go with that or what but then we started basing it off uh yeah the umass and we did that crimson hawks 
based off that and we got the uh the hawk head on our shoulders on the white jersey and then on the black jersey yeah we went with something different we just did the hawk head right on the front with the talons on the shoulders uh which we kept from our past jerseys which we had on both of our past jerseys which was was nice keep a little tradition yeah i like i really like the way the crimson hawks is laid out on the white jersey i feel like it's a, kind of the, the clean classic college hockey uniform yeah they're, they're nice i mean jog hooked us up for sure um they're nice and light and they're comfortable yeah they're, they're really nice jerseys i like your guys in syracuse those are, yeah. those are sick hey said yeah, same process million mock-ups for those ones to, to, before those hit the shelves but yeah it takes forever yeah Oh, especially pandemic and everything with shipping delays. It's been a an absolute nightmare. Just, you're you're in the the hockey house all star group chat when guys are talking about getting jerseys and everyone's like, ours aren't supposed to come in for another four months and yeah. ours haven't been ordered yet and it's a nightmare. And just us, we're waiting on our warm ups. We're waiting on bags. We're still, you know, like COVID just messed everything up. Yeah, I, I second that for sure. I know. We brought it up a little bit already. You said you're not a big style guy, but I th- I think based on your Instagram pictures, I think you got pretty good style. I think you're selling yourself short. I did notice you, you've, you've made the transition from the cage to the fishbowl. What, what goes into that thought process? I don't know. I, the cage, it, it's definitely the college hockey look. I just like being able to see so much clearer out of the fishbowl. It's not as easy to breathe out of and spit out of, but I found a way to keep it less foggy, and I, I guess it adds a little bit of style. All right, let's talk. Let's talk some teammates. I also agree with Murph. Got some good style going, but I I'm not the guy to uh to to listen to on that. So it doesn't really mean <laughs> anything coming for me. Let's talk teammates. Just give us some of your some of your favorite teammates. Definitely my best friend uh, Kyle Harris. We call him Barrel. Uh, so we practice six six o'clock in the morning Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and like this kid's always he's always the first one there. He's always. Like, this kid's the ultimate hockey kid, right? But he's just always go, go, go. He's never tired. He's just, like, all about hockey. I don't know, this kid, he's just a great kid. And, you know, he's one of my best friends. I sit next to him in the locker room, so I was a little stall buddy. So I get to see all of his daily routines, and they're insane. He's got a million. Like, he puts on puts on Icy Hot, Biofreeze, Tiger Balm on his on his uh, thighs before games. Uh, he puts a little under his lip. He puts, he wraps both of his uh, wrists up. Like, this kid's ultimate hockey. Like, he's such a beauty, though. Like, you, you just can't not love him. He's got to be careful not to get that uh that Tiger Balm a little too close to uh, oh. an area. It's, it's not fun. It's yeah, it smells like a pharmacy before pregame when I'm sitting next to him. Like everything's like just buzzing over there. In the EDM music, it's always and he's always in go mode. Like always ready to just play hockey. But in the the best part is he's like he's five foot eight, but he plays hockey like he's six foot two hundred and fifty pounds. So can't not love it. This kid is a menace. So his dad is in the air force. He flies planes. But this kid, he he sits in his room and he plays this video game. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like an, an airplane game. And he's got legit joysticks that he can sit in his room and fly around these planes. And like he thinks he's legit Maverick, and he talks to me like I'm Goose, and it's just like we're Goose some maverick from top gun it's just it's insane it's too good is he the guy you do the handshake with at, uh pre-game yeah exactly yep he's got a good I, i'll just tell you really, he's got a good handshake too with uh one of our freshmen zach soy they're they're both kind of from the hershey area right before they go out they give a 
the handshake and they just do that like big bear growl at each other it's kind of funny with those guys being from hershey where are most of the guys on the team from is it pretty spread out or a lot of northeast guys yeah most of the guys are from philly uh we got a kid from connecticut well our goalies are probably the most spread out of our jared stalls from uh texas and then uh hawks from uh california so uh, i mean we've got most of the guys are from that philly-ish New York area. Then you have those couple that are sprawled out. And a question about campus life and, and everything. What is IUP known for? Like when when people like think about IUP, the school, what are they relating it to? Uh, I used to get that big uh, party school stigma. It's kind of slowed down in the past years. Um, but yeah, when I came to school in like 2016, 17, it was all about going to the bars and it was, it was huge. Our main street's called Philly Street and that's where all our bars are. And it's, it's always a great time to go to the Coney and just get dollar drinks all night and have a good time for $10 a night. And our football team's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Indiana's mostly known for uh christmas tree capital of the world so take pride in that we got to get you guys like specialty christmas tree jerseys that's the plan uh i guess i'll drop it but we're we're, we're uh, in the works maybe like getting a little christmas tree patch for when we play villanova because they chirped us on uh, twitter so see where that goes and, and i guess another thing iup is known for you guys have uh Puchigras's son plays golf at IUP, right? So uh, Puchigras is actually from Indiana. Yeah, his son plays on the golf team. He's nasty, like skits nails. And our golf team is actually really good. It's kind of nice to get that. He usually retweets our stuff on Twitter and gives us that like extra little bit of loving. So it's kind of nice. We, we love to see that. Yeah, it's always nice when he features uh, the jersey on that in the crease. Talk about your, your boy Manusis up at uh, Syracuse. Oh, that's right. He did play in Pittsburgh. He was a suitcase and his he, his first stop in Syracuse was rooming with me in the <laughs> dorm. Talk about being a 21-year-old freshman. That kid had traveled everywhere across the country playing junior hockey and then he, he was told oh by the way you got to live in a dorm for two years yeah right he was a great kid though. i love that kid he didn't play as much when i played uh juniors with him but that was because we had older goalies and he was kind of a rookie but yeah I mean, he's a really good player he's got some sick style uh, as a goalie for sure especially in those uh white jerseys he's got a sick helmet yeah and i think Hermel will vouch for this he's got pretty good style off the ice too he's not afraid to dress out of the ordinary and and get some extra style points he's actually funny bring it up he's hosting our team thanksgiving dinner on friday so we're looking forward to that i guess he's like a a huge chef like loves to cook he's gonna cook for 30 guys so looking forward to that i know we touched on it a little bit earlier but like, are, are you guys winning on Saturday night if it's like a big series and you guys get the win? Like, are we ripping Philly Street after the game or is everyone going back to the house? Definitely going to Philly Street. Definitely going to Culpepper's or the County. But depends. The, it honestly depends on the weekend. Uh, we've we kind of made a name for ourselves with uh, throwing hockey house parties. We've got a nice setup, too. We've got a we call it the compound. We've got one big house. So it's a duplex of four people on each side. We've got a massive fenced in yard with four other houses. And we have like a corner of a street. So we call it the compound. And it's always a good time. All We have like 20 boys that live there. So the boys at Temple have been watering this for a pretty long time. When we <laughs> went out to you guys... Me and my goalie partner, Joey Galitsky, we had our jerseys stolen by a uh, wild fan. Let's just say that. We got our jerseys back, but we never really found out what actually happened. Could you give us a little bit of insight from your guys' perspective? I guess it was one of those kids in the fraternity, but he, uh, 
was not one of the favorites of the fraternity. And I guess he went into your locker room and snagged the black jersey because, you know, thinking he's a hard ass or something. But he's not really smart. So he ended up throwing it in a garbage can somewhere in the back of the rink. But the kid's not bright at all. He ended up going out the only door of the back of the rink that had cameras on it. Would have been in charge or, you know, like he would have got caught and you would have gotten your jersey back either way. But they, uh, the fraternity ended up having a meeting and they just kicked him right out of the fraternity. So the kid's, he got sniffed. Definitely not a, not, a, not a representation of our school or the kids that come to our games either, though. They do get rowdy, but that's never happened in my five five years of being here gavin speaking of five years kind of talk about that process and what's that been like because i know it's been different for everybody we got a couple of fifth years on our team here at syracuse what was that process like and and you know working out the credits are you taking grad classes how'd you end up going through that so uh yeah i actually graduated with my uh bachelor's of uh, sports administration four years and after that I was kind of up in the air of what I wanted to do I kind of wanted to play my fifth year kind of didn't want to kind of want to move on with my life because I'm 24 25 I actually did an internship at our rink and that turned into a full-time job so once I was offered the full-time position I was like they gave me the opportunity to go back to school to so I'm doing a a year and a half grad program of my master's in sports uh, management. I have a full-time job playing hockey and doing my master's all at the same time. Um, but yeah, once I found out, I had a kind of security and uh, I was like, yeah. It was that moment of like, uh, yeah, we won. Um, I accomplished what I wanted to achieve in my time of being here, but I didn't really get to go out on the right foot, um, even though you know, we were cut short of nationals. So honestly, whatever happens with this year, I'll be more than happy and grateful that I had another opportunity to come back and play. No, it's a good point. Cause I think a lot of like every guy's been different on how they've handled it. Like I know guys here at Q's just opted out of last year altogether and, and did mm-hmm. work studies instead of taking classes. And I know so many guys in the ACHA were in your, your shoes over this past summer and making that decision is the rink that you're working at the same rink that you guys play at. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, nice. I have a nice little connection with it. Like I said, it's a real small community. So uh, I've been able to connect with the community and all the kids that come in throughout there. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is the rink that we play out of. I hesitate to ask this one, but can you give us a funny story of someone on the coaching staff? Or if not a funny story, like what's the coaching staff like? Like, are, the, are they getting the boys fired up? Are they big motivators? Are guys juiced at practice? What What's the, the environment like? Definitely it's tough with the 6 a.m.s and, you know, boys are definitely tired. But uh, no, our coaches, they're great. Our head coach, Joe Hanzo, he actually played professional hockey back in the 90s and 80s. So he knows plenty of worth of hockey. He's a great coach. Uh, he's definitely a good motivator. Our assistant coach, uh, Coach Glavich, it's uh, Dom Glavich's dad. And I've been with him, like I said, since juniors. And he didn't coach when I played juniors. But now that he coaches, uh, he, he never really played hockey. But he's one of the smartest hockey people I know. He knows the ins and outs of hockey. He studies film. He like all His, his life pertains around hockey. He's definitely the more of a, not hard ass, but he'll get on you more than Coach Hanzo but you kind of need that balance between the two they've definitely uh taken their roles very seriously and been able to push this whole program in the right direction 
Gavin, as we start to wrap things up, I know we've talked about teammates and, and everything, but are there any stories we haven't gotten to touch on? Like, what are some of your best memories playing IUP hockey? I know we've kind of highlighted on that conference championship from two years ago. When you look back on your career with the Crimson Hawks, what are some moments that are going to stand out to you? Definitely number one is our uh, league championship. Number two, you know, just probably going down to Alabama. I mean, that trip was awesome. We kind of grew as a team. We were able to go out and experience Alabama too when we were down there. So it was kind of nice. Liberty playing Liberty every year, uh, just being able to play in front of all those fans and just it's kind of that wake up call of like, okay, we can play. And it always helps us when we go back to play our division teams in our area and makes us better players but i guess my career i don't know man i just i just like to i I like to get in with the community got a lot of uh, kids that look up to me and a lot of kids on the team um and i don't know if maybe some of the kids on the team really recognize it but just being in that small community i've been able to insert myself and uh, you know, when I'm around the rink, uh, just make an extra effort to talk to some of these little kids or, you know, just goof off with them and like give them pucks or, you know, just little things. But uh, that'd probably be my biggest thing is just being able to insert myself within the community and just make a name for our program. Awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking the time to meet with us. We wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks for being an awesome Hockey House All-Star. We've got some plans to feature you guys a little bit more, but we love having you on and getting the perspective on, on IUP hockey. Yeah, definitely. Thank Yeah, I love what you guys do. Definitely for the ACHA, you've given it definitely a voice of its own. Once again, thanks to Gavin for joining us on the show this week. Be sure to check out the newest lineup of hats on SellyHockeyCo.com. They have the new South Central LA snapback. It's now in a Heather Gray option. It's the first of its kind from Selly Hockey when it comes to the retro snapback style. I wear my Selly Hockey hats all the time. And uh, they're looking to add more to their lineup. We were kind of brainstorming before the show. I think maybe some Doug Glatt hats, right, Glick? You know, I think that'd be great. Maybe uh, 69 on the side, pick 69 on one side, Highlanders on the other. I think that'd be a really nice hat. I'd probably buy one. I'd wear one for sure with the Q's colors being blue and orange. I think those would sell. What's the team they play against, too? The rival, the Shamrock team? That would be another good hat, too. Some Something for us heroes to wear the bar on Saturday nights or when we go out. Hopping into our, our ranking segment now that we're releasing the pod on Fridays. We're going to dive a little into men's Division Two, Same rankings as last week, but we want to go a little more in-depth and, and talk about each individual region. First up, we have the Northeast. Teams 1 through 5 in the Northeast. Starting with the top team, we have University of Massachusetts Amherst, followed by Boston College. Northeastern, Sacred Heart, and then UNH. Our guys at Keene State are six, kind of on the outside of the top five looking in. But I think it's a pretty solid top five. I know we'll get into it the game of the week. We have two of those teams facing off this week. But a huge shout out to the guys at Sacred Heart. Two of the guys I played with in, in prep school are playing there now. Corey Splain is a net and Nate Donaldson. Big things out of Sacred Heart so far this year. That's the Northeast ranking in the Central. Really no surprise here. Number one, we have Iowa State. They're the national runner-up and and ultimately fell to you, Mary, in the finals last year. They're back at number one in the Central, followed by Lindenwood at number two, Gustavus Adolphus College at number three, University of Minnesota coming in at number four. That's a team we talked about earlier in the season. They gave you, Mary, a run for their money on their home opener. And then number five, we have Marion University. Jim Martin's team, a Michigan State University, following up at number six on the outside of the top five looking in. Moving into the Southeast, I think this is a region that has a lot of firepower in it. Number one, NC State. Number two, Liberty. Number three, Florida Gulf Coast. Number four, Miami. 
number five, Penn State. And on the outside, uh, we have the University of Kentucky at number six. So some really solid hockey teams in that top five in the Northeast. That'll be really interesting when it comes time to the national tournament, getting to see some of those teams battle it out in the region regional playoffs. So that'll, that'll be really exciting. And to the surprise of no one, number one in the West, we have you, Mary, followed by University of Denver at two, Metro State University, Denver at three, ETBU at four, and then the University of Providence at number five. Outside looking in, we have the University of Oregon at six and Montana State at seven. Um, so a lot of familiar faces at the top of the rankings in Division Two, but there was some criticism, as always, with these rankings that some of these teams are a bit out of order. I know Weber State's been playing really well. They're number 13 in the West. BYU, 17 out West. Penn State at number five in the Southeast. We were a little surprised to see that they're not a Northeast team. Herm, were there any other things that stood out to you? University of Oregon being undefeated, but only sixth in the West. Yeah, it really comes down to, I feel like, sample size and quality wins is what... We sound like the college football team looking for quality wins here in the in the computer rankings, but that's what it comes down to is who are you playing and how are you playing them? I mean, the, the computer rankings make very little friends um, when they get released every week, so... That's that's everything we have for the men's division two side. Moving on to the men's side, we had a lot of movement in the top 10, Herm. I believe every team moved. We had Lindenwood jump from number two to number one, beat Iowa State over the weekend. Minot State handled Jamestown. Uh, so we've got one Lindenwood, two Minot State, three Iowa State, four Liberty, five UNLV, six Adrian, seven UCO, eight Missouri State, nine Stony Brook, 10 Jamestown. I mean, the one that stands out to me is Stony Brook as a guy who played against them this past week. And I think that's a top five team in the country. I think they proved that the way they played against Liberty and the way that they swept Adrian. But for them to drop four points in the rankings after their performance this weekend, I think that's just odd. That comes with the computer rankings. Like I said, they're looking for quality wins in the rankings. Stony Brook played at home. So that factors into it. You get more, you get rewarded for wins on the road against higher quality opponents is how the the computer rankings go and and so that factors into it but i mean other than just looking at it at the top 10 from the naked eye anything that stands out to you guys would have loved to see liberty drop to five that's all i'm saying arizona state makes an appearance though this week they were not ranked and now they they jump up to 15 midland was also a team they're sitting just a little bit below 500 at six nine and one they were not ranked, and they jump in at 23. University of Utah is 5, 6, and 3 at 18. We've got Illinois, 6, 11, and 1, but they're still at 17. So that's what we're talking about, looking for quality wins here. Jamestown, 4, 4, and 2, and they're at 10. They've played Minot, so it's just like the college football playoff in the ACHA rankings. Every time those two come out, everybody hates them and disagrees with them and, and thinks that there's a better system for it. I think uh, at the end of the day, we got to remember that it's a job that nobody wants to do. And so that's why it's a computer rankings. And I think, you know, we just have to live with that. And you got to hope early on in the season, the computer rankings aren't going to make much sense. But you got to think by the end of the year, hopefully the the computer knows what's best. And, you know, fingers crossed, nobody's getting sent home and and missing out on a trip to St. Louis because of it. So if you want to find quality wins in the rankings, you're going to look to Chicago this weekend. We have the first annual Chicago Classic 
Classic happening at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago. Herm, I know you are very excited for this one. Yeah, I'm going to be making the trip out there. Joe Caprio was more than happy to welcome me out there, friend of the podcast, and I'm super excited to go out for another weekend of hockey. Yeah, this is a really cool opportunity. I hope it turns into a yearly event. It'd be really cool to see the top teams in the ACHA go out to Chicago right before Thanksgiving break. I think it creates a unique opportunity where, you know, a lot of these teams don't get to normally play each other because of where they are located geographically. So we've got Adrian, Arizona State, Davenport, Illinois, Liberty, Minot, UNLV, and Rhode Island. So wide variety of teams uh, making the trip to the Windy City this weekend. Do not understand how the Bobcats invite got lost in the mail. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, and I would say the the only thing going against the Bobcats is maybe because they already play against Adrian. They already play against Illinois. They already play against... Liberty. I and I know some of those teams are already playing the other two, but I guess they're just looking for variety. And I don't know. Maybe they, they maybe the invite did get lost in the mail. I don't know who coming up with the invite. I I, I would have to assume that Illinois had a lot of leeway just because uh, of of Joe being a, a former player there and with the event being in Chicago. But like I said, I I hope this goes great. It's an event that can go on every year. And like I said, it's a great city, and I think it, guys are going to be really excited to to go out there and, and compete this weekend. So our game of the week this week is going to be the championship game of the ACHA Chicago Classic, which will be held on Sunday afternoon. So be sure to, to tune into that one all these games will be live streamed so we're looking forward to, to being able to watch those as well and again talking about the variety uh, of teams playing in the chicago classic well you do have a wide variety of games to watch this week which is always really exciting i know we were talking earlier just kind of shooting around and coming up with these games but a lot of the times we highlight a lot of d1 games and rightfully so because those are those are high quality games that are taking place but we've got a nice variety here so first up on the games to watch this weekend we've got liberty d3 taking on coastal carolina this is a big rivalry between the schools and you know in that used to play in the Sun Belt together big rivalry in football between Liberty and Coastal uh, so they're going to take things on the ice this weekend between those two teams shout out to Trent Lebrec longtime rival in youth hockey uh, he's one of the goalies for Coastal Carolina this weekend, so wishing them and the Chanticleers luck. Another huge battle, number one in the Northeast Division Two men's is up for grabs. We've got UMass taking on Boston College. That'll be a game with a lot of fireworks. Number one, UMass versus number two, BC, so that'll be a game to watch in, a, in the ACHA Northeast. In Division Three, we have Hope College, the defending national, take, defending national champions, taking on Calvin. Uh, that's a game that usually draws a really big crowd and I know Hope College has been buzzing so far this season and having high attendance in their post championship run here. Got a couple of D2 versus D1 games the first of which is happening as Oregon travels to GCU so that'll be a a, a good test for the Ducks. I know the Ducks have been playing around and traveling to some D1 games. I believe they also have UNLV on the schedule for later on the year so the Ducks are I'd say putting their foot in the water when it comes to Division 1 ACHA so we'll see how they do against GCU. Another team, and we've got a huge SEC matchup this weekend. We've got Texas A&M is taking on Division I Bama. I mean, the, the, the Tide have really played a, a handful of games in Division II now. They play, they split with Kentucky a couple weekends ago, and now they're going to play Texas A&M. Continuing on, this is a game I noticed uh, Herm had his eyes on. We've got Indiana Tech versus Lawrence Tech, two teams that have climbed up their way into the rankings. I think this is going to be a huge battle. They are playing for the Tech Cup Rivalry Series, another Division I matchup to watch out for, a uh, team that's 
closing in on the top 10. We've got Maryville taking on Illinois State. And then CHF action, we have Auburn versus South Carolina. And then uh, Glick, you got a game of the week on here. Yeah, I decided to sneak you in. I'm going to call probably the smartest ACHA hockey game in history. On Monday, November 22nd, D3 MIT will play D3 Harvard University. And I'm going to say that the average IQ on the ice is at least 125. They're probably doing physics in their mind, trying to figure out how to deflect the puck, the net. So it should be an interesting game. Yeah, I think I heard somewhere that they're checking SAT scores before we get on the ice for that one. 4.2 GPAs minimum. Just a bunch of future doctors, scientists, and engineers just playing ACHA hockey. As we head into uh, Thanksgiving break and, and guys get a chance to go home for American Thanksgiving here, I, I wanted to make the question of the week a meaningful one and, and ask the boys what they're most thankful for this year. Fitz, we'll throw it over to you. Um, what are you thankful for this time of year? I got to say my family. I'm not going to be able to see them this Thanksgiving. I'll be stuck out in Binghamton. But um, especially, you know, like my brothers, they just really pushed me to, to um, you know, explore like the opportunity of playing um, professional hockey somewhere after college so gotta give a shout out to the fam because they've uh they've always pushed me to pursue you know what i really want to wanted to pursue love that love that it's awesome that the support that your brothers have for you is as a guy who comes from a big sports family with a lot of siblings it's cool seeing that you and your brothers interact with each other and give each other that support glick what are you looking forward to it and what are you most thankful for this time of year so fitzy actually stole my original answer but i'm just gonna have to say all the opportunities that i've been given i'm a first generation american my parents grew up in a country nine out of ten asha hockey players probably have never heard of you know if they didn't immigrate here i definitely would be playing hockey and i definitely wouldn't have you know the opportunities that i have now such as being able to chance to go to a school like temple get my education so i'm just grateful for all the all the opportunities that have been given me throughout my life what about you herm what are you thankful for thankful for second chances i thought i was done with acha hockey when i graduated from ou and coming on board with this podcast has opened up a whole new world of possibilities and excitement and entertainment and uh not sure where where i would be right now without it so really really thankful for this second chance yeah, we, we've really appreciated you joining the team and, and all the help that has come with it along the way. And I think I'm really, really thankful for my family this time of year, thankful for my teammates. But I guess special shout out, especially thankful this year for guys like Tim Kalinowski. Uh, he's one of the assistant captains here at Syracuse. It was a long off season here at Syracuse with a lot of changes in personnel around the team. Tim and I were on Zoom calls at least once a week beginning in April all the way up until we got back to school in August. Thankful for the opportunity that Tim has given me as, as leaders on the team here at Syracuse. I know we haven't really gotten off to the start that we wanted to, but we're heading in the right direction and we're thankful that we get to get, have the opportunity to go to practice every week and uh, not sit on Zoom calls with each other anymore. So I guess, yeah, especially thankful for guys like Tim Kalinowski this round of the year, this time of year makes doing what we do uh, a little bit easier. So we want to wish everybody the best of luck this weekend and hope everyone has a safe travel if they're, if you're going home for Thanksgiving and if those Canadian boys who are going to stick around on campus for a little longer, make sure you guys are hanging out with each other, playing plenty of chill and having a good time while the, while the boys are away. And uh, we'll get back to things quicker than you know, and then we'll head into the holiday break. So take care, boys. See you, boys. Happy Thanksgiving.